All right. Thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, my name is Julian. Uh, I run the podcast, The Point After. Uh, you can find us at the top on Spotify. There's a link up there. Uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm super excited to be on here, guys. This is kind of my my first live AMA, so it uh, should be a lot of fun. I see you guys got a lot of questions already lined up, so uh, may as well uh, get into it. Um, yeah, so first pot, first question here. Um, I care to elaborate on the Twitter sphere and waterbeds. Um, yeah, so that's something fun that uh, we actually picked up. Obviously, the waterbeds are from the fantasy footballers, but the the Twitter sphere is um, kind of our own creation. It's a uh, the it's a league where everything in the league is decided via trade or via a poll on Twitter. So um, we drafted everybody that when we drafted, we have fourteen accounts. Uh, they're all podcast accounts and uh, and or content creators and you know we just pulled our audiences all of them um all of the decisions that were the highest are the ones that you get and then and that's how we built our teams and so now we're obviously you know waiting for the season to start so trades have been a little tricky um we're still trying to figure out how how to do that properly and uh yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun though um it was a lot of fun drafting and and really helped us kind of take off and, and get our feet under us and so I'm a huge shout out to any of the accounts that are in that in that league that are, are with us right now. So, um, next one: Are people underselling Mac this off season? With their new running back locked in and Mac on a contract year. Do you think the Colts will run him into the dirt, or is it just JT taking over as assumed this year? I turn that off. Anyone know how to turn that sound off? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm a bit new to Discord. Hey, Jim, how you doing, buddy? Uh, let's see. All right, well, let's just move on. Um, but back to Mac. Uh, I do, I do think people are underselling on him. Uh, I do love Jonathan Taylor. I love Frank Wright, and and obviously they have an elite offense, offensive line there. Um, but I do think that there's going to be a role for both of these guys on this team. A lot of people don't see it that way, and 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 I understand why, just because JT is so talented, but I don't see them giving him the reins year one. They have no need to do that when they have um, Marlon Mack locked up for another year. And I just I don't think that they're just going to you know pound this this guy that they just drafted into the dirt year one. Uh, and so so I'm I'm a bit um, ish on. Jonathan Taylor in redraft leagues, obviously in dynasty, I'm, I'm still a big fan, but um, yeah, I, I think his ADP in the fourth round is a little bit too pricey for me, but um, yeah. And, and I think max value for sure, because I do think that this is going to be um, a pretty even split, um, you know, and I, I think Naeem Hines has a role as well as the pass catcher. And honestly, it's not super exciting <laughs> fantasy wise, because I think that it, it you, you don't know what you're going to get each week. All right, moving on. In redraft, who's scoring more points this year, Kyler or Deshaun? That's a tough question. Uh, I lean Deshaun here. Um, I've always, I've always loved Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, the, the logically, my money should be on Kyler. He's got the weapons. He's got a fast-paced offense. He's got a lot more, um, a lot more, you know, expectations. But I just think Deshaun Watson is is always an MVP candidate. This guy's the team on his back all the time we see him will them to win games because o'brien and uh and 
and Deshaun Watson's just a stud, man. He gets rushing touchdowns. He'll he'll, he'll run for first downs. Um, you know, you, you get at that boost with his legs where I, you do as well with Kyler, but you know, he's, he's got those weapons. He doesn't need to run the same way that Deshaun's going to have to. So, um, I think for a fantasy perspective, it's, it's Deshaun Watson for me, but real life perspective, I think Kyler ends up you know, better season. Um, who is the most likely to be the Raiders Raiders yardage leader at wide receiver this year? This is really tough question because there's so many options right they just brought in um you know two major pass catchers and brian edwards and henry ruggs and then also got lynn bowden who can, who can come out in the slot and then there's henter enfro and um and, and darren waller and you also got uh me right now Rell williams sorry my cat <laughs> tyrell williams and uh and yeah so um, I think I think Derek Carr spreads the ball around a bunch, but I do think that the yardage leader is actually going to be Renfro, as a, a lot of people here think as well. Um, I don't think he scores that many touchdowns, uh, so I'm not super excited about him, uh, especially in standard leagues. In PPR, I'm, I'm still all right with him as a wide receiver three flex option. Um, but I don't think that he uh, he's their touchdown leader. So it, it'll be interesting. I'm not too pumped about any of the Raiders receiving weapons because I don't think you're going to get any consistency. But there's a lot of a lot of upside. Someone's got to catch the ball. Uh, how do you see more crowded backfields that just added premium rookies? Baltimore, Green Bay, Detroit, and Buffalo. Uh, so obviously I answered my Colts one already, but uh, Baltimore, uh, this is <laughs> going to be interesting as well. I don't think Dobbins has a role this year, but again, why are you, why would you force him uh, you know, why would you take Mark Ingram out of the mix when he was so electric last year uh, and, and will be for a couple more seasons, I think, actually. what One thing that's I love about Mark Ingram is you know, people talk about his age, but he's always played in a in a two running back role, even going back to his college years. And so he, he hasn't had a whole lot of wear where most 31-year-old running backs have. And, and you know, he, he's he's a great teammate. He's, he's a great locker room guy. And they're not, they're not getting rid of him. They're not going to stop playing them because they drafted J.K. Dobbins. So uh, I think that that'll be, it'll be, again, kind of similar to how it was last year. Gus Edwards had over 100, over 100 touches last year, which I think a lot of, a lot of those go to Dobbins. And then I still think there's a, a, a role for Gus Edwards on that team. And so I think that'll come out of Ingram. And, you know, it, it'll be, be interesting to watch and see how that breaks down. Uh, Green Bay, I mean, Jones had 19 touchdowns last year. It's, it's crazy. It's craziness. And and AJ Dillon's gonna come in and he's that powerful back. It, you know, he reminds me a lot of of Derrick Henry. And and I think that's what Matt LaFleur is trying to do with with the Packers. You know, he he worked with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee and and he also worked with Sean McVay. And he's seen what having a strong run game can do. And you know, we a lot of people we've we've uh, you know, mocked the Packers for not taking a receiver in this draft. I mean, I am one of those people as a Packers fan. I, I hate that we didn't at least get another weapon. But that's not the offense that Lafleur Lafleur wants. He he wants. Uh, it looks like he wants a power a power run and um, let AJ Dillon wear down defenses like Derrick Henry does. So we'll see if it works for them. But I do think that it hurts Aaron Jones. I think it hurts Jamal Williams the most. Um, but I still think, you know, Aaron Jones is too talented to not put on the field. So he, you know, he's going to be out there on, on most downs and he's 
he just might he's not gonna get 19 touchdowns again i, I think that uh that detroit again i mean this to me is this is gonna come down to a 50 50 i really think think it is carry on's a super talented back uh, you know a, a lot of people see swift and they just think you know bounce out the window that's not how it's going to be you know swift isn't a three down back in my opinion and you know especially with the lions run game and the offensive line that they have there you know plus pass protection and whatnot it's just that's that's too much for a rookie to take on on a team like this it's a pass heavy team and uh and and so i'm just not really excited about either of them i i do think that you know they'll both have their weeks and then buffalo kind of similar to to green bay i, th- I think you know single theory takes a hit but how much really he didn't have a whole lot of red zone work last year uh josh allen took a lot of the goal line carries and so i think that you know that's going to hurt josh allen more than it does military um, i still think he's he's going to be their their weapon for first and second down or um you know maybe second third <laughs> i'm not sure how they're going to let that play out but for me i think zach moss is is a bit of a bruiser and uh, and you know they're gonna they want the they want both of those guys they want a, a speed guy a quick nimble um, and Singletary and then a bruiser between the tackles and Zach Moss that'll get you three yards four yards and, and compound the rock uh, inside the twenty. Uh, will Tyrod finish the season as the Chargers starting QB? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm a big Justin Herbert fan actually. He's. he's uh, He's a great talent, and uh, I think that the Chargers made the right move, taking him at number six. Um, Tyrod will start the season, probably play six games, and uh, take over and see what he's got. Unless, unless, you know, Tyrod's winning a bunch of games and they're doing great, but I just can't imagine that that's happening. And the Chiefs and, and, you know, I even I like the Broncos more than I like the the Chargers for from a, a NFL team perspective. So. Yeah, I, I you know I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl this year, and and I think that they're going to let their young guy, their young buck, get in there as the season progresses. Have you checked out next year's class yet? If so, give some prospects that are flying under the radar. I I am not the guy to talk to about Debbie at all. <laughs> Growing up here in Canada, I uh, I never I didn't actually start watching the NFL until I was um, in my later teens, and so um, I not really done a whole lot of college ball watching i've only started this year when i uh you know started playing dynasty um probably not the best guy but i can get you some friends who know a lot about that brandon cooks versus will fuller who do you see as emerging as the number one consider a better buy relative to their adp um you know they both offer um different upside uh you know we've seen it he can give you a 45 point game but more often than not, he hurts you. And Brandon Cooks, I mean, uh, he's had three thousand yard seasons with different teams. He's, you know, he's 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 underrated. I do believe uh, because that speaks for itself. It's it's tough to say. But uh, back to Fuller, I uh, the point I want to make out is they're very injury prone. It sucks because he's a great talent, but he can just never stay on the field. And people talk about injury with Brandon Cooks, um, you know. But I, I actually was pointed out by my co-host on our on our that Brandon Cooks has only had uh, only missed eight games in his career. Those games came his rookie year, so 
two of them were last year due to concussions and I get it. Concussions are, you know, they're a reoccurring thing and, and they can come back, but, you know, having all this time off, I really think that this is, this is good for the players who are injury prone. Um, even fuller that way, you know, it's, it's good to, um, for their body to heal. Um, and I think that Brandon cooks is just going to be a value. You know, you can get him late at seventh, eighth, ninth round sometimes. And he's a guy that you can plug into your flex and you know, any week you could get wide receiver two numbers. So, um, I'm, I'm all over that ADP. Um, I know Fuller's going ahead of him. I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head as to how far it is, but that's the, the way I lean here. Your favorite pass catcher relative to ADP, Kasicki, Preston Williams, or Parker. I I actually got to go part uh Preston Williams here. Uh super, super late guy um in, in most redraft leagues. And I think that he's gonna be able to emerge. You know, Devontae Parker has an extremely tough schedule as far as who he's faced up against. You know, he's got Stavius White twice a year, he's got uh Stefan Gilmore twice a year. It's just you know, it's it's not fantasy goals then you know Preston Williams on the other side is getting the number two corner and I think it's just as talented as Parker so I do think uh you know they've rounds on the same value that's probably the way I lean I will say I do love Mike Kosicki but I I don't see him being a dog in this this offense but he does have great his ADP is back there and you know if you if you're take a shot on a tight end if you're waiting i love mike Kosicki in the eighth ninth round you can pair him with a johnny smith and you know let one of them hit right play week by week uh is Fant going to break out this year similar rookie season to kittle and surrounded by sutton and some rookies uh, i've actually made this point quite a few times i um not shocked actually when i found that out because um Fant, he looks like kittle on the field you know he's the type of guy who can play to the house doesn't need a whole lot of volume in order to be worry about the targets. There's, you know, he's only, he's going to second year QB. They just added a bunch of weapons in Judy, Cam, uh, Hamler, and uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's lots of targets to go around, but um, I do think the fan will have his moments, but I, I'm, I would be nervous to play him every single week sucks because I love the player. He's one of my favorites. I've been on his hype train all off season and uh, I want him to succeed, but I don't think it's this year. I think in, in 2021, he gets a second, you know, two full years in with Drew Locke and with, uh, this offense. And, and then that's when they start to you know, really incorporate him and, and let the offense flow with all of the weapons that they have. Rocket or DK guy. Uh, I love both. I love both of them, man. <laughs> I really do. I think, you know, it's, these are the two receivers in this offense, and the rest are. It's um, a big fan of, of both these guys. I think DK is going to be a little bit more consistent, but your games. So depends depends where you your what you're you're banking on them for. You know, if you filled out your roster with a strong two couple strong running backs that you know are going to give you really good points every week, then I'm taking Lockett because I want those week winning performances. But, you know, if I went zero running back and, you know, DK Metcalf is my third wide receiver, then I'll take my shot there for sure. I also, I'll, I'll go Lockett because I'd also take the shot on him there too. <laughs> yes, I've trained rolling and Allen Robinson underappreciated every year. That is true. I agree. Um, 
Johnny Smith, like I had talked about earlier. Um, sorry, I guess I'm just trying to scroll down here. The player, but I'm not sure I'm I'm too excited about him for fantasy. Uh, you know, again, he's he's a player that a monster of a man. He can take any play to the house. How often will he? You know, he's they've got Derrick Henry, AJ Brown. There's other weapons there, and, and this first team, this team is gonna pound pound Derrick Henry to the ground and then let him walk next seat off season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love Jonu, but I don't want to play him every week either. You know, that's why I say go get a Mike Kasiki and Jonu, and then you can play the matchups. And you know, every once in a while you get lucky. Hey, it sucks when you have these guys bench off how do i feel about obj versus dj Moore? high on both but might have to decide between them it's a great question i do lean on the dj Moore side um i was i was saying earlier uh you know this is kind of like a poor man's degrees and michael thomas that, that's how i see dj Moore and, and teddy bridgewater he's gonna you know get peppered for those five to ten yard targets and he's you know He's, he's one of the best yak receivers in the game. And so you get him the ball in space along with the threat of having Christian McCaffrey there. And it, it's going to be, easy. it's going to be easy for that offense to move the ball. Um, I love them for fantasy because I think they're going to be behind in games, but they're going to constantly be trying to catch up. And so I lean on the more side of that. Plus I, I on just to touch on Cleveland, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, right? They just brought in a, uh, Coach who is often run heavy, leans heavily on the tight ends and offenses. And obviously they have these two very good receivers. And I think OBJ is going to be fine. You know, I think he's still in for a thousand yard season. It's just where the touchdowns coming. Um, are those going to go to him or are they going to go to the tight ends? Are they going to go to Kareem? So uh, that, that's, that's more the concern for me. Whereas I feel like DJ Morris you know, is going to be in for volume and he's going to be in for a touchdown um, success. Question with Rager Jefferson. Yeah, this is this one's good too. I mean, these guys are basically going back to back in rookie drafts, and it's it's a tough call. I mean, you 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 got to pick your guy here, but I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I love what he did, Burrow. I love uh, the way that they utilized him, and and he's coming in, and I think that that's actually how the Vikings are going to utilize him. They're going to um, bump Adam Thielen out to wide out and and run him out there, and then um, you know just use some of these other other weapons that they have. Uh, and and let Justin Jefferson play in the slot. I lean that way, and <laughs> this sounds so dumb, but I just I worry about Eagles receivers. <laughs> I just I worry about the injury concern because it one of them goes down, and uh, you know or end up like JJ. So uh, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to to watch how those two play out as well. Uh, I think Judy could excel in the league if he was on another team and not under the shadow of Sutton. I think he can excel with Sutton. <laughs> you know, it, it, the best offenses in the NFL have multiple weapons, right? It's, it's last year it was just Sutton, and you could see it, right? He, he would go up and he'd make these amazing plays, but then there's no one else to throw the ball to, right? It was no offense rookie year. And, uh, and you know, outside of that, it was Deshaun Hamilton. Like, <laughs> um, you know, so I think adding Jerry Judy, uh, it helps Sutton. It helps. It just helps their offense. It helps lock. And so um, I think, uh, you know, I took Jerry Judy in my Scotty Fishbowl draft in the uh, 13th round. And uh, I was pretty happy with that. So 
um, you know, I, I'm bought into to him this year. I, you know, I, with any rookie, I, I'm cautious to start them. You know, I want to give it six weeks, see how see how they're how they're progressing. You know, at and at the NFL level, and um, and then you can start to get comfortable with with this starting lineup. Have a chance of becoming the starting running back for Buffalo. Uh, he could, yeah. I don't think he does. <laughs> I talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, you know, I, I I am a Singletary believer. I do believe in Zach Moss as well. Like these guys share work, and so uh, I own both of them. <laughs> so I, I play the guessing game, but I think you can probably put both of them. You know, you can play someone will play both of them most weeks, and they'll probably both have value. So. And oh man, sorry guys. See this here, is he a fade thanks to their new running back? Uh, I don't think he's a fade. Um, you know, I wasn't sold on Rojo last year, but you know, sometimes it takes a couple of years for these guys to develop. He's still, you I mean, he's younger than Keisha Vaughn. So, you know, the the rest of you know, development comes, right? You can you can be taught how to be a better pass protector. You can be taught how to run better routes. Uh, you know, but the vision and, and the athleticism is there, obviously. So um, I I do buy Rojo stocks, but only at a at a value. Right? Someone who who doesn't believe in them, you know, I'll I'll take that for um, I'll I'll take that all day. But uh, in in dynasty in redraft, yeah, sure. I mean, my what RB three, RB four, even like. I'll take that shot if he you know, if he pays if he hits dividends and and he's a top twenty four running back you're laughing so uh, yeah I don't think that Kijan Vaughn is a huge threat to Rojo to be honest I think they do split work but I think it's more in Rojo's favor let's be real here fantasy players often find a disparity gap at running backs after round eight some running backs after running backs around the Tavius Murray Daryl Henderson's range that would take flex option or bench uh feedback there uh Tariq cohen is one of them that comes to mind uh name hines as well as you know a full ppr league i think still have value this year uh regardless you know i think they'll they'll use him in the slot he's also got kick return value if if you guys play with that at all and so uh, those two for sure and then i actually like daryl henderson as well i mean a lot of people are fading him but Exactly. The Rams traded up to get him in the second round last year, and then they cut Todd Gurley this offseason just because they drafted Cam Akers, who, yeah, I mean, he's a good running back, but I, I just don't – like, why would you spend a second-round pick next year, last year and, and not use that guy in, in his second year? Like, um, I, that's what I mean. Like, when you when you come – when running backs come into these situations where there's already a starter in front of them, sometimes it's better for their for them. You know, they don't play their first year, but they learn the ropes and then – to start to take on a more meaningful role. Uh, about the 12 spot in redrafts. Could see yourself taking two of Julio Adams, Tyreek Nook, and pushing right back to the 3 4 turn. Is that too risky? Uh, no, I don't think that's too risky. Um, I've, I mean, there's still, there's still a, lot, a lot of really good running backs in the third and fourth round. You can grab Mark Ingram and David Montgomery there, and you know, you probably have two RB2s. You know, stacked with two top five wide receivers. So uh, I think that I, I'm a fan of the no running back, but I don't think that it's the only way to draft. Uh, but if you're if you're able to grab 
like my favorite would probably go uh Adams and Tyreek there. Maybe Julio. Can't deny Julio, man. Um but you stack those two and then yeah, you grab two running backs in the third, three, four turn. I I don't see why not. Uh quick thoughts on Geis, AJ Green, Hunter Henry. Redraft half point PPR. You gotta pick the injury prone guys, eh? Um <laughs> uh, I'm really hoping that guys can can play full 16 this year. Honestly, even if he plays 14 or 12, I'll be happy. I just want to see him out there. Um, I I don't, you know, he's he's had so much injury history that uh, nerve wracking, but that's baked into his price, you know. Uh, it, for for the most part, some some people in dynasty they're still holding on to his just his pure talent, which is undeniable. But uh, you know, you got to stay on the field in order to produce fantasy points. So, yeah. I'll take the shot, but at the right price. AJ Green, I've been saying this for a year and a half now, and it hasn't stopped yet. So uh, I don't think he plays another snap in the NFL. <laughs> just just riding that wave now. Uh, like he's he's every time he tries to get back on the field, he gets injured. You know, he came back, he got the foot injury. Again, he had the ankle injury on a different foot. Like you know, he's he's now thirty two years old and. Um, like you got to take care of your health. And at some point I think that his body is just going to tell him you got to stop playing, man. So, I mean, I hope he plays again because I'd love to watch him play again. Like <laughs> he's so good, but it's, it, you know, it makes me worried. And Hunter Henry, I, same thing. He's so good. He's still young, so he can get his health in order, but um, I, I'm, I'm worried redraft wise. If I'm taking Hunter Henry, then I've got to take, uh, a Jared Cook or uh, TJ Hawkinson or like another upside guy that I, I believe I can start instead of him because I just am not sure that he's going to be on the field for more than 10 games. Rugs draft capital makes it seem that he's the new one second. All right. Rugs draft capital makes it seem that he's the new toy to have from the Raiders offense besides Waller and Renfro. But would you rather have him or Edwards relative to their ADP? With Carr under center grabbing a pricey wide receiver, all that offense seems meh. No, I definitely agree. Uh, it, it's it's uh, you, if you're if you're buying rugs, it's you know because he's a value and uh, and you're able to take the shot um, because otherwise his price is too high <laughs> and and the value doesn't happen very often. So um, you know most people, especially in dynasty leagues, if they want to undrafted rugs, it's. It's generally because they believe in him. They, you know, they they either moved up to get him, or, or he fell to them at what they thought was a value. So, uh, you'd have to pay a premium on that. So, yeah, I'm uh I'm a bit nervous, especially in in redraft leagues. For like I said, rookies in general, I I don't want to start them in the first few, you know, at least six weeks, unless they've really shown me something off the hop and are, you know, every week they're consistent, but. Yeah, I, I would rather have out of Rugs or Edwards. I actually own a share of both of these guys, and uh, I just I love Ryan Edwards' talent. He's you know a little bit uh, there's their injury concern of um, for the future, but as far as talent goes, I think this guy has the the ability to be a wide receiver one for their team, uh, a, a really elite player. Um, you know, with his route running and just his physical stature as a, as a player, he's. I love Brian Edwards, man. I, and don't get me wrong, Henry Ruggs is is fantastic, but a guy with that kind of speed, to me, is the kind of guy that you want to use downfield. I don't want to use him uh, as more of a possession guy. Where That's where I have Edwards slotting in for them. 
Uh, do you expect the rookies of the 2020 draft class to be up to date with NFL gameplay with shortened preseason? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, I think that all rookies get a fade um, without the preseason happening, uh, which, you know, it, it's a bummer <laughs> because a lot of us want to play these guys, but uh, I'm worried to start the season off. Um, obviously they can do what they can. Some people will still be able to translate, but you know, it, it, we, we see it every year with players that play a full season that they, they still can't get it figured out. So, you know, without any uh, preseason leading into it, it'll be tough for some of these guys. Christian Kirk listed out as a dynasty buy. How does the addition of Nook sway your opinion, if at all? Uh, it actually doesn't, doesn't that much. It actually becomes more of a buy because as we had said earlier, the best offenses in the NFL have two great options. And so Christian Kirk to me is, he's, he's not the type of receiver that can be an elite wide receiver. One. So to me going out and getting DeAndre Hopkins just makes sense because Kirk fills out the, the folded role. You know, he's a fast, um, a freak athlete guy that can get downfield and, and, you know, Kyler's going to be able to find the open guy. Uh, I think that, yeah, he is a dynasty guy because now people are fading him because of the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. But many teams be able to produce two great wide receiver fantasy options. I don't see how the Cardinals aren't able to do it with that fast-paced offense. They listed as a dynasty buy. You keep keeping him there with the injury concerns, or would you prefer grabbing Ayaka more leagues? Maybe yes to both. <laughs> yes to both is the correct answer for me. Uh, I do love Ayuk. I was worried about, I and mean, he reminds me a lot of Debo Samuel coming in you know I, I figured that's Debo's role and Ayuk will will have his moments but I think Debo's the wide receiver one for this team so um is able to now come in build some rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo and uh and start to get that that their offense figured out and when Debo's back I think that both of them are going to have value right it, it gives them more weapons um across the entire field now you've got Kittle and Debo and Ayuk as well as you know the elite run game so uh, I would say both of them are buys, but I think Debo is it's tough to say. I mean, who's cheaper right now? <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, I think I think I still probably a little cheaper, but um, you know, Debo's trending down because of the foot. So if you can take advantage of an owner who's who's nervous about it, then then do it. I mean, one reason why robust running back isn't the most optimal draft strategy this season. Uh, for the reason I listed earlier, I mean, there, there's enough depth in three, four, even five. You can probably grab a guy um, that you can you can play. Uh, that you know, I I put this on our podcast is, uh, you know, my dynasty team this past year. I went into my championship with um, James White and an injured James Conner, and, and so. You know, that was a move I made to get James Conner. But prior to that, I had David Johnson. And so I kind of had to adapt to the no running back team last year. And so I was able, you know, I had Chris Godwin uh, and Debo Samuel, who emerged obviously at the end of the season. So, uh, and, and then George Kittle. And so I was able to build enough weapons around my running backs that I didn't need to go get an elite um, one because I had elite options elsewhere. Um, my one reason. Otherwise, draft as many running backs as you want.
you have any particular player you've keyed in on what's current that's going currently undrafted in most leagues, but you're taking it in the final round as a flyer. Uh, there's a lot of guys that, that can fill this role. There's, um, you know, in, in redraft leagues, most rosters don't go past spot or spots regardless. So, you know, I'm Scotty Fishbowl and we're in the, the 22nd round and I'm still finding value. So I think there's guys all over the place, but um, one of those guys would be um, Preston Williams. Another guy I love, and obviously with the Kelvin Harmon news today, is Steven Sims Jr. Uh, you know, I think he can really emerge as that slot guy. Um, Dwayne Haskins, he can be that safety net. And, you know, Terry McLaurin is obviously an extremely talented player and he's insanely fast. <laughs> and and that's where they're going to get him the ball is downfield and, and in space. And Sims is going to be that underneath guy. So I love him in, in uh, PPR leagues. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd have to I'd have to pull up the ADP in front of me and just see who's back there. Um, another guy that uh, tight end that maybe stands out would be uh, Will Disley. If you're you're looking for a real deep late sleeper, super talented, but obviously is he's had quite a few injuries, so that's the risky run. Leonard Fournette an RB one this season. If not, what's holding him back from repeating last year's numbers? Yeah, I, this is actually a tough question, but I don't think he is an RB one this year. Uh, I think that uh, he's not going to see the the volume that he saw last year. He saw over 100 targets. That's that's not the Leonard Fournette we've seen in the past. And I mean, it was a new coach, so maybe maybe that is what we're we're um, going to see in the future. But regardless, I don't think that uh, that offense is going to revolve around him like it has in the past. And I do think that Ryquel Armstead is going to carve out a role for himself. So. Uh, I just don't think the volume's there, and and honestly, I'm not sure how good <laughs> running back he is. I mean, I think back there was a game last year, and uh, I think he had he had uh, 67 yards total and 66 yard touchdown on like you know, 20 carries, and so it, like just look at that, and 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 that worries me. Plus, you know, I feel like his bones are made of glass, and and he stayed healthy all last year, but. I, I do worry when he's got two seasons where he had multiple different injuries. Um, out, got to fly. But what's coming? Uh, what's your favorite metrics when it comes to making fantasy football decisions? ICR or something else. I got to update my fantasy football knowledge because uh, I don't know what these terms are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll have to ask you about that one later. Is Miles Sanders being overdrafted? Seems every year the Eagles show they believe in RBBC, and Boston Scott showed some skill last year as well. And Corey Clement is decent. Do you think Sanders will actually change their coaching style to a workhorse back style? Uh, no, I've been very vocal about this with some of my um, some of my friends on Twitter and <laughs> some of our boys with the True North crew. And uh, I'm uh, I, I love Miles Sanders as a talent, but when I go back and I watch tape from last year and I look at their their overall play style uh you know miles sanders was used a lot in the slot um especially once all the receivers went down he was getting a lot of volume out of the backfield also a lot of volume on the ground because john howard was injured and uh and yeah and then like uh like you mentioned uh austin scott he, he had a couple games last year where he just he carved out a role for himself he was able to be that pass catching guy uh and and give miles sanders a a little bit of a break and so 
um, yeah, I mean, Doug Peterson's known for the BBC and do you think that it's, it's possible here? I think it's more of like a, you know, a 70, 30. And I still think that Miles Sanders is, uh, to have him as an RV, a, a top end RV two back end RV one, but I've seen him going, you know, as the RV eight, as the RV six. And, and that to me is just, you're buying him at a ceiling. I think he can finish there, but I'm not betting on it. And, you know, my first or second round pick on it. Maybe a second. I spend a second if if it's my second running back for sure. Um, right. um, we've previously ranked Hooper fourth in dynasty tight end drafting. With his move to Cleveland sticking there, or fading behind Fant and Co. Um, he does he does fade a little bit for me. Um, it's not a huge fade. I know a lot of people are skittish on Hooper going because you know there's there's other weapons there and there's lots of as we say in the industry, but um, the thing I got to say is Stefanski's coming over, and this guy's known to run tight end, two tight end sets, uh, two, tight, two, tight, two tight end, two wide receiver, or two tight end, two running back. Uh, and so I think that Hooper still does have have that fantasy value. Um, you know, we look at what Kyle Rudolph was able to do in uh, Minnesota last year. Austin Hooper's a far more talented catching tight end than Kyle Rudolph at this stage in his career. So I do think that there's a role for him. They made him the highest paid tight end in NFL history. I mean, why would you do that? And then not make sense. So follow the money. That's what I've always done. And uh, um, by the way, I do love Fanta. We have no Fanta. It's our tight end five in Tennessee band rankings because he, uh, he will be an elite tight end, but I don't think it's a, Mariota, who is starting position by the year's end, or is Lynn Bowden just going to do his Kentucky thing out in California? Um, yeah, no, that's a it's a good question. Um, I, I think that there's a world where Gruden does get uh, he gets Lynn Bowden in there. He lets some uh, lets him run some small some snaps out of the quarterback position there on some wildcat, maybe you know, but let him throw the ball a bit as well. So that'll be interesting. But back to the car, Mariota, I. Uh, it's an interesting debate. Um, I'm I'm actually on Mariota, Mariota taking oversight. And a big reason for it is, uh, Jim, if you're still in here, uh, talked about this a bunch, but they've got the the Raiders just got a terrible schedule to to open up the year. There's really only their their first game is against the Panthers, and that's the only game that really seems um, winnable. They got Kansas City, and um, I think they got the Chargers in there as well. And so uh, it just it, it's. It's not looking great, and if they go you know, one and five and come back after the the bye week, one and five, why doesn't why doesn't Gruden let uh, Mariota have a shot? You know, change the offense up, let him use him the way that he was used at Oregon, and uh, let him run the ball a bit, let him be that type of quarterback, and then you can throw Lynn Bowden in and, and let them you know complement each other. So uh, it, that would be cool to see. But as far as as far as Carr's talent goes, I mean. Putting up MVP numbers two years ago, uh, I, I think that he is slept on a little bit, a little bit hated on, uh, you know, due in part by me. I'm no, I'm no saint here, but uh, yeah, I think he's he's a good enough quarterback, but I don't think that it's gonna it's gonna work out for them this year. Uh, all right, you've mentioned you actually like this the zero running back. I did, so maybe no pros, so maybe still so pros and cons. You see of the sides off. 
as I keep reading. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, um, yeah, pros, cons. I kind of I kind of went over it a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, uh, I have it. Pros, you get two elite running backs, sometimes even three, right? They're your workhorses. There's somebody that you can rely on. Um, oh, you go zero running back and you can, you know, bang off four top 10 wide receivers. I mean, the points you're going to get on that out of those four players is going to exceed, well, could far exceed what you get out of a guy, you a running back you draft in the second and the third or the first and the second and you know you got four elite receiver options so what's my cat's name <laughs> his name's otis yeah so I, I went over that already so i'll leave it there do you think Jamal williams could succeed elsewhere if he was traded from the packers is he worth keeping a dynasty uh yeah i mean i think he's kind of locked into that perennial rb2 for your team but i think that that you know we see players like that have fantasy value all the time. So I, I think it's possible. He had fantasy value last year. Um, he's still a young player. Uh, I think he's only 24, 25 years old. So yeah, I think he's worth keeping in dynasty, but if someone wants to pay for him, then, then let him go. Uh, how do you compare Chris Carson to running backs like Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley and David Montgomery? Uh, those are, those guys are all actually kind of in the same tier for me. I do have, Kenyon Drake one tier higher than them, but uh, you know I, I think with Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, and Montgomery, um, you got you got big upside, right? You've got um, I think you know with with both Gurley and Carson, I think you have top five upside just in the offenses that they have now been thrust into. Well, Gurley at least, you know Carson. There's there is the injury concern, but there's also you know. An penny behind him and i love dj dallas but i'm not sure he's going to come in and take carson's job so you know as far as a, a fantasy perspective goes uh as long as he's on the field he's going to be a great fantasy option in a run heavy offense uh kenyon drake yeah like i said i got him a tier above all of these guys i just i love what the the cards are doing and and i think that can you i don't expect him to have the 30 40 point games that he had at the end of the season last year but i do have him slated as a a back end rb1 um somewhere in the 12 to 10 range and uh and yeah i think that that's a realistic outcome for him but the the best part about Kenyon drake is you can you can draft him a little bit further back uh in redraft leagues um, todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, huge value on Todd Gurley if this guy can stay healthy. I mean, we've seen what a valuable running back, what uh, a valuable running back you can have when they're in a the Atlanta Falcons offense. And Todd Gurley is sort of a man. Right? He's, a, he's a great running back. He's obviously got the, the arthritis in his knees. But when we talk about, you know, Chris Carson in this conversation, he's coming off the, the ACL tear. So, um, you know, I think there's risk with both those guys. But both offer huge upside. Uh, I don't actually see Kenyon Drake offering top, you know, top five upside like I can see Todd Gurley. But I think that he is a more reliable week to week running back. Whereas, you know, I have the concern with Gurley's knees, and he could go out at any point, and you're not sure. So, David Montgomery, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of David Montgomery this year, RB two or three. I think that this guy's just going to get volume, and I I want consistency out of that spot. I'm not, and if I don't have, you know, one of the didn't go heavy running back in the beginning. I want a guy who's going to give me consistent to week, right? 
something, you know, in that in that range, which I don't think Monty has. I don't even think he has RB one upside to be honest, unless he just starts scoring touchdowns out of nowhere. But I think that he's going to be a reliable. You know, he'll probably get eighty yards a game, and if he scores, then then that's great. So. Um, what, if anything, have you changed from your projections methodology from last season? Are there stats you're factoring in your before or other surrounding factors you might you think might make a difference fantasy-wise this season? Very interesting. Uh, good question. Um, yeah, I think COVID-19 makes a big difference, uh, obviously for rookies. We talked about that a little bit already, but uh, and free agents that are coming into new systems, they aren't able to build that rapport so easily. And uh, whatnot, and then yeah. As far as different stats that I'm factoring in, I'm uh, um, you know open up my open up my mind to different uh, different statistical resources. I've tried started using a bunch of different um, different sites. Use starting to use Rotoviz now, and uh, obviously PFF. That's kind of where I was using before. Uh, but yeah, just just kind of exp- trying to expand that and and talk to, talk to as many minds as I can to different perspectives on their takes what's your favorite live fantasy draft food why is it buffalo wings (laughs) yeah no that's it's tough to compete with that i'm not a huge spice guy you guys can can get me for that but uh yeah i i do love chicken wings in general man uh can never go wrong with some good pizza either um pizza and beer will always do the trick uh <laughs> and honestly you give me any kind of appies i'll eat i'll eat dumplings i'll eat gyozas i'll eat spring rolls i'm just naming a bunch of asian food but so i'm good with anything honestly man <laughs> all right you seem pretty hype on Devonte parker as many of us are here I had Devonte parker your roster is he a hold for you or are you selling if you're selling what type of return are you looking to get well, i do own Devonte parker in a dynasty league uh sorry preston williams <laughs> um i both of these guys in a dynasty league actually um Devonte parker is he's a bit of a, a question mark for me um, this is a tough guy to gauge at this point i'm still holding because he's, you know he fit he was the wide receiver seven or eight last year i believe and uh, if I'm not going to get even 15 value for them, then I'm not selling them. And people don't want to pay that right now. They, they, they still aren't bought in. Which, rightfully so, I understand. You know, there's, there's a lot of question marks um, coming in. And is he going to build his rapport with Preston Williams, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think that, uh, yeah, I don't think Devonta Parker demands the price tag that he's worth at this point. And, uh, and yeah, so I'd probably hold. Um, who do you think will produce more points, Everett or Higby? Uh, I just got to lean Higby here, just based off of what I saw last year. Uh, at the end of the season, the the Rams they went similarly to the um, to the future Cleveland Browns, <laughs> to a lot of double tight end sets, and and uh, and they were getting Higby on the field a lot. He had I think it was five hundred yard games in a row, and you know that doesn't happen by accident. I, I don't think that that's what can be expected week to week, but um, we obviously know that that's the upside. And uh, and Everett, you know, we saw a game or two flash and then the injury, but then Higby just kind of took over. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see because they did extend Everett, so clearly they they do like him, and, and he is more of an athletic guy. So, 
it'll be uh, really interesting to see how McVay goes with that. Uh, who are your biggest draft day bargains you're finding so far? Players who have ranked well above the others at their available DP. Yeah, there's a. I think the the best rule of thumb for this question is 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 the oldies. It's always old guys, man. <laughs> no one wants to draft them because they think they're washed. But um, honestly, there's they're such good value back there. Um, you know, guys like Jared Cook, uh, Golden Tate, who I think is is um, is a value at where he's at. But I'm not expecting anything uh, anything outrageous from him. Um, yeah, Miko Hardman is another guy I think can have a big year this year. Um, and, and he's, he's slipping in a lot of drafts. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, I'll just do one at a back position. Yeah. I, th- I think Mac and both carry on. Um, I talked about them a bit earlier. I think they do have a role and you know, if you need a, RB four, I mean, that I think that you're going to get that, you know, you'll get better than that out of those guys most weeks. So, um, I'll take that shot there and then. And then another guy I just want to point out too is Alexander. I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen with Alvin Cook and his holdout. And um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll I love his talent, and I'll pay up a little bit, you know, an extra round um, to go and get him, especially if I'm the Dalvin owner, because uh, I would be nervous about um, about that whole situation playing out. Uh, I do think he gets a contract done, but I think it could be very similar to Melvin Gordon's situation and. You know, if you could have got Austin Eckler in the ninth round last year, you would have. <laughs> it would have been awesome. So, um, all right. Do you think Juju will be closer to 2018 stats or 2019 stats? Uh, man, I really hope it's 2018 stats. I love Juju. He's a he's one of my favorite players when he came to the league. Uh, I remember he used to ride a bike to practice every day, and I just I admired that so much. The the work ethic of this guy. Um, I do attribute a lot of of last year to Mason Rudolph and, and, you know, what that offense was built around, <laughs> um, you know, that being said, Deontay Johnson was their leading target leader, yardage leader, and I love Deontay Johnson, but I, I think that there's room for two, two great receivers in this offense. And so uh, I don't think he'll repeat 2018, but I think he'll be closer to 2018. Uh, what is your outlook on Rivers this season? Reunited with Reich and Sirianni and behind a better O-line? Yeah, no, I, I actually am a fan of Rivers. Uh, and, and I think that he's, you know, he's free. He's free in redraft leagues. Uh, you know, you, you could take him with your last pick and that, you know, probably have a starting quarterback week one. Uh, he's, he's nothing. He's not going to blow the top off, but I do think with a better O-line, he's, you know, huge part of Rivers' problem was he was never able to get the ball, get rid of the ball on time. That's why, you, you know, Patrick Keenan Allen for 15 targets a game is because he just knew where he was all the time. And uh, I, I do think that behind a better O-line, um, in a better offense, I, I'm actually, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of Naheem Hines too. And I think that, you know, they went out and they got Michael Pittman, who's another, he's a big body guy. You know, we we know that Philip Rivers loves that. We saw Mike Williams score ten touchdowns uh, in his rookie year two years ago, and over had over a thousand yards last year. So, like, I think that there's a, a world where Philip Rivers can can be a reliable fantasy option. Um, where are we? Let's move up a little. All right. <laughs> okay. 
I've been liking a lot of tight ends going extremely late, if not undrafted in redraft. In redraft, guys like Curtis Smith, Blake Jarrett, and Eric Ebron. Do you think the tight end depth is good enough this season to fade the guys going in the top twelve? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, that you know that happens almost every year. There's tight ends that you know it's a it's a tough it's a tough landscape to predict weekly, and so uh, you know every every year there's tight ends out of nowhere who have twenty five point games, and you know they're the the tight end two on the week and you know it's your Keaton Smith or Ross Dwelly right like uh, but that being said I think you know three of those guys are Smith Blake Jarwin and Eric Ebron have a I can be fantasy options the question is is will they and uh you know I love Irv Smith I think that they use him in the slot quite a bit as well he's he's less of a tight end he reminds me more of a wide receiver than tight end and, and Blake Jarwin's a bit that way as well but you know he's he's just a bit bigger but he's an athletic guy um we saw what Jason Witten was able to do for so many years with Dallas and new new head coach Mike McCarthy is never really he's never used um dance well so that, that is a concern for me with Jarwin and you know, having you know great wide receiver options and Zeke I don't think that they're going to force feed Jarwin targets I do worry of it that way, but uh, as far as talent level goes, I think that's okay. And uh, and then yeah, Eric Ebron, man, I'm I'm not excited about him between the twenties, but he's going to be a red zone machine. He had ten touchdowns two years ago. He's still only 26 or 27 years old. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen Big Ben use use big body guy. He also had uh, Brown for quite a while and <laughs> and uh, whatnot. So. Uh, I, I think Eric Ebron can have a role. I, I'd probably take two of these guys. I want at least two of them because I'm not relying on them to play every single week. I just I'll let them play when I like the matchup. Does anyone sacks than Matt Ryan this year? <laughs> uh, probably not, man. <laughs> um, maybe Gardner. <laughs> I hope not because I just took him in Scotty Fishbowl. Uh, you know, he's he's at least agile. While. But yeah, no, I think Matt Ryan's a pretty big candidate. I think Tom Brady's up there too. What a great old line that they got over in Tampa Bay, and, and he can't really move to get out of the way. So yeah, it'll, that'll, be a, that'll be a fun one to come back to and look at at the end of the season. Uh, if you own Drake, are you riding him through the season? Or are you selling in anticipation that Arizona starts incorporating Edmonds Eno? How long into the season do you think? Question two, I, I actually own Drake in two separate dynasty leagues, so uh, I'm on board with him. <laughs> I, I am looking to sell him, uh, but not dying to sell him. I do think he has a great year this year, and then you know next year comes a whole different set of, of problems. Uh, you know, If you have Drake, make sure you have Edmonds and Eno. Uh, that's that's the big thing because you know if you're holding him and and he he leaves in the off season and you know Edmonds takes over or you know you know now you have and, and he goes and gets a, a lead job somewhere then you have two starting running backs for the price of one so um, yeah I think I'm holding him unless somebody really gives you an offer that you that you love um, but yeah I think and I do think that they incorporate Edmonds and you know throughout the year, but I think it's it's more so uh, it's it's Drake's job to lose. Name three late round running backs you're targeting and why. Cheers. All right, late round. Let's go Mark Ingram, 
I think his ADP is in the back of the fourth, early fifth. Uh, I'll go David Montgomery, kind of in that same tier. And then Jordan Howard is another guy um, I love late. I think he's being heavily undervalued. And I think he can finish as a wide receiver or uh, running back two this year. I really do. Um, he's just going to have a, um, a lot of volume. Maybe not a lot of volume, but I know that there's no no one else there right now. Last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick was was their leading rusher. And, and you know, Jordan Howard has had, I think, just he's had two thousand yard receiving or yard rushing seasons, and uh, and and last year um, obviously the injury happened, but he was it was great before the injury. So um, people are really fading him, and uh, yeah, I think he's a fantastic lead round. You can get him in the seventh, eighth round in most leagues in redraft leagues, and in most dynasty leagues, you're able to buy him for back and second or send uh get jordan howard back and anytime you can get a return on a running back like that um you know they're just harder to come by so that's great okay why is everyone sleeping on wendell smallwood <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that there uh all right and we know you have plans that you absolutely need to be on time for so can you cap it here plug your content time for us um, anything exciting coming up? So, well, I actually quit my job two weeks ago, guys. So I got a new job opportunity. I'm uh, super pumped for, and I uh, uh, am going on a little vacation before I start there. So um, I'm going to be releasing a couple articles while I'm out there. I'm going to dig into some hype train ADP and see how often it pays off, how often uh, it hurts you to buy into the hype. Um, and yeah, make sure you check us out on Twitter at the point after FF. Follow up, um, our True North crew. Um, huge to all you guys over there and everything that, that we're building. We we got a, a vision and we're excited to to keep. It. So um, you know, shout out to you guys. That's at True North FFB on Twitter. Uh, down here, and then you can find us as well on Spotify. Uh, pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts, except for Apple, because uh, we've had a lot of troubles getting. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at Julian underscore Barnett. I don't, I don't post much, but I'm working on doing that. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate having you. Thanks for tuning in.